Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. And uh, I kind of want to stay in the same line tonight of, of our Believe Conference. And <clears throat> I'm going to talk about expecting and believing tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. I want to welcome our online audience that is watching by Facebook. <clears throat> and maybe YouTube tonight, so thank you for tuning in. I'm excited because in about one month, maybe a little less, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a Pops. I'm going to be Pops. Yes, I'm going to be an awesome Pops. I can't wait to spoil that child. I'm not going to spoil her rotten. I'm going to love her. It's going to be awesome. So there's kind of a battle now of who's going to take care of her. While Maddie, when Maddie goes back to school, got between going between uh, Tracy, Mom, and Michelle right now. So, kind of, I don't know, Michelle, you're a distance third right now. Be, I'm just, just saying, but, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You're on the list. That's right. You're on the list. You made the list. So, <laughs> First Chronicles chapter four, verse ten. Let's get into this now. Father, thank you for this word. Speak to the people's heart here tonight, Lord, watching here online also, Father. Thank you, you're going to speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. Jabez, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me. Indeed, and enlarge, everybody say enlarge. Enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So God granted him what he requested. I want to show you kind of, I want to build four things around this scripture tonight that we just read. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing is he made his request known. He asked. You know, Cammie said this in the women's conference and somebody else said it too. We have not because why? We ask not. <coughs> A lot of times the reason that we don't ask is because sometimes we just don't think we're worthy. And guess what? We're not. But because of our position in Christ Jesus, He makes us worthy. So don't let pride or the feeling of inadequacy make you feel like you can't ask. Because that is a lie from the enemy. A total lie from the enemy. You know, just like, you know, as, as a parent... And we have a lot of parents in here. You want the best for your kiddos. I want the best for my kids. And, and we're God's kids. And God wants the best for us. And so he asked God. He said, bless me. Bless me. And here's the thing. Not only did he ask for a blessing, but he was specific. He asked for a specific thing. For a specific time. And for a specific purpose. When you ask God for something, don't be broad with it. Be specific. You can't just throw a general statement, well, God, just bless me out there. And expect blessings to come. You have to be specific. I have learned that in, in, in my 40 plus years of being a Christian. You have to be specific. And a lot of times, 
we're not specific in asking God for things or requesting things from the Lord because, you know, well, I just don't feel I'm adequate or I don't feel like I'm worthy or I don't feel this, I don't feel that. And that, that's the enemy. You are in rightful position. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you're in rightful position with Him. That you could go to Him and request from Him, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, meaning Daddy God. The second thing He did, He said, enlarge my territory. When He said that, here's what He was generally saying. Take the limitations off my life. You know, you sit here today and you're limited by yourself. You limit you. I limit myself. He's saying, God, take the limitations off of me. How how many of us are guilty when it comes to limiting ourselves? We, We just set limitations in our life. You know, when you pray, pray for God to enlarge your territory. God, take off all limitations. Do things that I can't, I wouldn't even imagine that you would do. When you look at uh, enlarge in Hebrew, large means to bring in abundance. It means to bring increase, to multiply. Here's the thing about God, and this is what I love about God. I love a lot of things about God. But one of the things I love is God works in multiplication, not addition. He extends parameters. Amen? I want you to say this after me. God, enlarge my territory. That sounds kind of forward to some of you. Say it again. God, enlarge my territory. Did you know the more you say that, the more you'll begin to believe that? Here's what happened. When you said that, God, enlarged my territory, you set in motion an expectancy. You put a a request on God's word. Now, what do you do? You believe for that to come to pass. You expect, then you believe. And a lot of people lose the, uh, the meaning of that in between expectancy and believing. They get talked out of it. They let somebody talk them out of it. They let maybe their flesh talk them out of it. Or their mind talk them out of it. Once again, we have not because we ask not. The third thing he did, he asked God, he asked for God's hand to be with him. Now, when he asked for God's hand to be with him, here's what he was asking. God, give me direction. God, give me power on my life and in my life. Have you ever seen God moving so obvious in a person's life that it just can't be hidden? I mean, I can look around this audience right here, and I can, I can pick people out that I've seen God's hand move on your life. It, can't, it couldn't be hidden. Here's what that is. That's God directing. That's, that's blessing in progress. You know, when you step out on faith, that's God directing. That's God blessing. And as you, the Bible says, whatever you put your hand to, he'll what? He'll prosper. And so when you begin to put your hands to things, the blessing then goes, goes into progress. The fourth thing he did was this. He, he asked uh, to keep you from evil and that he may not cause pain. Here's why he asked that question. Because Jabez's mom labeled him because of her childbirth experience. 
She went through a lot of pain. So she labels him, labels him. But here's the thing about that. He knew that God would set him free from that label. A lot of us have been labeled. People have placed labels on you. Don't ever accept, especially if it's a negative, don't ever, don't ever accept what somebody puts on you. If somebody labels you, don't accept that. I remember in high school, man, I was a, I was a skinny kid. And people joked and laughed, made fun how skinny I was. I was a skinny kid. But you know what? I didn't, I didn't allow those labels to stick with me. And you can't either. Because when you allow a label <clears throat> to come on your life that somebody else calls you or somebody else labels you, somebody says something about you, when you cause that, your entire focus goes to that label. And you lose the godly direction that God has for you. And what I want to say tonight is that no matter who or what label someone has tried to give you, God sees you blessed. God sees you perfect. God sees you in right standing in that position you have in Christ Jesus. You are positioned in Him. How many here, you're born again, you know you're born again? I mean, I know that I know that I know. That means you are positioned rightfully in Christ. If you continue to read the verses following Jabez's prayer, it deals with names and it deals with genealogy. But watch this, it doesn't say anything about their accomplishments. Not a thing. Jabez's name, however, stood out from the rest. And it wasn't because he had this incredible wisdom like Solomon or because he was a warrior like David. Here's, the, here's why. It was because his faith in his prayer. That's what made him stand out. It was his belief, what he believed in, what he was standing on. Prayer wasn't the least thing that Jabez could do. It was the most important thing that he could do. And I want to stop right there and tell you this. Prayer is an important part of your life or should be. If not one of the most important parts of your life. Don't ever take praying for granted. I pray daily. I seek God daily. Sometimes it may be five minutes. Sometimes it may be 50 minutes. But don't put limitations on God. When it comes time to pray, seek his face. Jabez prayed. Jabez believed like it was going to change his entire life. He prayed with passion. He prayed with perseverance. Here's how he prayed. He prayed like he believed God couldn't fail. How, how many of you have ever prayed and, and just kind of that prayer, by the time you got to amen, turned into, I hope this works out. When you pray, you pray like you know that my God cannot fail. And as a, rejo as a result, guess what happened? Change began to manifest in Jabez's life. How many of you need to change? How many of you, you, need, you need change and you want your territory to be enlarged? I want my territory enlarged. 
But then let me ask this question. How many of you ask God, okay, God, enlarge my territory? Because we can want and not speak. We have not because we ask not. So I, my, my, my prayer, especially this year, is, Lord, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you believe, I mean believe, that God can do it? Because here's the difference. There's a difference between asking God and believing God and trusting God. Big difference. When we ask God, a lot of times it's more hope than anything else. When we say we believe God, what we're really doing is trying to erase doubts in our own mind. When we say we believe God, we're trying to convince ourselves that we believe God. There was a story about a man that had done a great deed for a king. And the king told the man, he said, to mark off as much of the kingdom that he would like to have. And he would grant it to him. And so what the man did is the man drew a circle around himself in the sand. And the king said, is this all that you want? Just what's in the circle? And without hesitation, the man said, no, I want everything outside the circle. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. God is seeking, roaming to and fro, waiting to perform His Word. Not your Word, His Word. That's why every time that I pray for something in my life, I find it in the Word. Let me encourage you with this. Whatever you're needing in your life, find it in the Word and then pray the Word over that situation because God's Word cannot return void. And when you pray the word, you pray perfection. See, we've got to look beyond where we are. We've got to look beyond what we're doing so God can increase where we are and how much we're doing. Amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Look at the adjectives used there. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Tomorrow when you get up, I want you to get up believing God has great things in store for you. It's so easy for us to get in a mundane rhythm of life. Did you know it's impossible to get into a rut when you wake up believing for God to do great things in your life? You can't get in a rut. God has a plan for you, and God is directing your path. And when things don't go your way, keep your mind set in the right direction. Keep your mind set in a godly direction. Because when things don't go your way, that's the enemy trying to get your mind off of the godly direction that he sets you on. He has set us on a path, amen? amen? God made us to win. 
You can find that in 2 Corinthians. God made you to win. We are living in a day where it's time that our territory enlarge. Why? So the world can see how God works in our lives. And when the world sees how God works in our life, it will change their life. Because they'll say, what do you got that's so different than what I have? And it opens the doors for you to begin to lead multiple people to Jesus. See, the world needs to experience the meaning of where we are blessed to be a blessing. And I think that's one saying that has so caught with you people in this church. We are blessed to be a blessing. You know, in most charismatic circles, and I don't, I don't even like to characterize our church as being charismatic because it's got such a black eye in the body of Christ when you start talking about charismatic. But a lot of times, you know, in the charismatic circles, you say, well, you know, the people want to be blessed. Well, why? So they can have this and they can have that. But I'm, I'm so thankful that Manny has taught us we are blessed to be a blessing. And I've got a hold of that. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And when you get a hold of that, you will continually to walk in blessing. Yeah. Amen. As you share your blessing, you'll walk continually in blessing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I tell you what, we are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Most of you know this, but enlarging your territory doesn't happen by hoping or wishing. Too many times, the body of Christ is guilty of treating God like a genie in a bottle. We'll rub it three times and we hope and we wish, we make a wish. Listen, it comes by believing. It comes by faith. It comes by standing on God's word. And I want you to remember this. Enlarging your territory starts with destruction before construction. Before you build a home, before you build one, Logan and Cassie are building a home. Before you built that home, you know what they did? They cleared a space and they built a pad. Why? For that foundation. Having faith and putting your hand to something is clearing space for God to expand your territory. You didn't get that. Because if you did, you'd be excited about that. Having faith is putting your hand to something is clearing space for God to expand your territory. It's building a foundation for a blessing. God said, whatever you put your hand to, I'm going to prosper it. See, the reason that territories don't enlarge is because we settle for complacency in our life. That's why our territories don't enlarge. So if you're sitting there and you feel like you're in the same little box that you've been in for a while, it's because you've settled for complacency. Don't, do, don't allow complacency to come into your life. Here's the question. What happened to your expectancy? Because your life follows the level of your expectancy. If you think negative thoughts, you're going to see negative things all around you. If you expect negative things to happen in your life, guess what? It's going to happen. I promise you. If you expect de defeat, failure, or mediocrity, you're going to lose, fail, and sabotage every attempt to move forward from where you're at. And here's another thing I want you to remember. You have to change your thinking before you change, before your environment will ever change. You've got to change this thinking before your environment will change. When you get up in the morning, set your mind toward God. 
When you, set, when you set your mind toward God, success will follow in anything. Why? Because Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he will add everything else to your life. When you seek God first, you're setting your mind, what? Toward God. And he'll add everything else to your life that you need. Well, how do I set my mind toward God? Through the word. It's through the word. Believe the Bible and act on what you expect. Believe it, amen? Expect godly things to happen. I'm expecting godly things to happen to me tomorrow. I cannot wait to get up tomorrow to see what God does. What if, what if you got up with an expectancy every day? God, what are you going to do today? What, what, what's going to happen today, God? What, you, what am I going to get to see today through your eyes, God? Instead of getting up, well, you got to go to school again. I got to get up. I got to, I got to go to work. I got to, I got to get in that truck. I got to get I got to go to that job. I got to. What would happen if you expected godly things to happen? It would blow your mind. Look at, look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. And that's where a lot of, us, a lot of times we miss it. We're, we're, we're wanting God to bless us with things of this earth. And so what happens is we forget about setting our mind on things above, and we go right to things on this earth that we'd like to have, we'd like to be blessed with. Listen, set your mind on things above, and the things on earth will take care of itself. God will take care of that stuff. How do we set our mind? By renewing it daily. And we renew our mind by, re- by reading that word. And you're setting, what happens is you're setting your mind in a right direction. See, when your mind is set in the right direction, what's this? Then expectancy begins to rise up within your thoughts. You start thinking different. You start acting different. Why? Because you're reacting from the word and not from the world. Then what happens is your circumstances begin to change in your favor. Then you'll be at the right place, at the right time, amen? God always meets us at our level of expectancy. Have you ever noticed that? That's why I always say, when you come to church, come expecting. When I do my videos on Facebook before church starts, I say, come. when you come to those doors, come expecting. See why? Come expecting why? Because God always meets us at a level of what we expect to happen. Here's what expectations do. Write this down. Expectations set the sets the boundary for your life. If you get, you don't get anything else I say. Get that tonight. Expectations sets the boundaries for my life. Matthew 9, 28 and 29 says this. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then he said, then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Have you ever noticed that some people expect the worst things to happen? Can I tell you that used to be me? I was like that. I don't know if you've ever watched. I mean, I'm not a big Saturday Night Live watcher. I used to be when it was funny. Now it's so political, it's not even fun to watch. But anyway, there used to be a character out there named Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. That used to be me. I expect the worst things to happen, you know. 
Well, what if this happens? You know, I mean, I'll never get that job. I'll never get that promotion. I'll never get, I'll just always be a minimum wage person. Low level believing and low level expectancy. Go around with that poor old me mentality. Always negative, always depressed. Listen, Murray County is the most apathetic place I've ever been in my life. But I believe we're coming out of it. Because I refuse to keep putting labels on Murray County like that. But man, I've lived here a long time and it's very apathetic. People settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for good when the God has great. People asking God, well, God, why don't you do something about my situation? God's asking you the same question. Why don't you do something about your situation? Why don't you quote that word? Why don't you stand on that word of God? Your, search, your situation and your circumstances will never change as long as you have a negative frame of mind. It will not happen. I'm living proof, I promise you. Not a thing changed when I was a negative person. In my life. Except things got a little worse. Amen? And here's the thing. Your situations may not be resolved as fast or in the way that you want it to. But instead of being negative and saying something like, God, I know that you're working on my behalf and for my good. I I mean, I know that, but maybe what you're believing for hasn't happened yet. All that means is, listen, listen, if what you're believing for hasn't happened yet, that means you're one day closer to seeing it happen. That's the way you got to look at it. I'm one day closer to this thing finally happening. The no that you got today means you're one step closer to your yes tomorrow. Amen? And when you say things like, Lord, your timing is perfect. Lord, I'm going to remain steadfast in faith. I'm going to keep trusting you to do what's best for my life, God. Look, Craig, we've got this new strand of, of Delta, you know, variant going around. We got all this. I know. I get it. But that's a name under the name of Jesus. That's a stripe that Jesus took on his body for our healing. Amen. And I want to tell you something. I'm proud of you because you're not reacting the way a lot of times we reacted the first time when COVID hit. The church emptied out. And people got scared and stayed home. That's not happening now. Now, I'm not saying be a rebel. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. But I'll tell you what. Apply that faith. Apply your faith. Amen? See, you're setting your mind on the right path when you begin to break down negative thoughts and negative habits. What happens is you're cultivating and you're building your faith. And remember this, faith is as much a verb as it ever is a noun. Faith shows action, amen? Get your believing lined up before you start stepping out. Amen? Man, you you better get that straight. Get your believing lined up before you start stepping out in faith. Elijah and Elijah are great examples of this. Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Elijah. Elijah wanted what? A double portion of what Elijah had. Elijah was expanding his territory. Elijah, Elijah, and he was believing. 
And Elijah told Elisha, you're asking a very difficult thing. But nevertheless, he said, if you can see me when I'm taking away from, when I'm taking away from you, it shall be given unto you. Okay, here's how we bring that into today's culture. I love Wednesday nights because Wednesday nights is teaching night. And we get to just teach the word, and I love that. You got to visualize within what you desire to walk in. I'll say that again. You got to visualize within what you want to walk in, what you desire to walk in. Seven times in scripture, seven times, he asked, What do you see? As long as you have your head down and your eyes fixed on the ground, you're going to move in the wrong direction. Have you ever, have you ever maybe dropped something while you're driving your car? Don't ever do it. But we've all done it. Reach down to pick it up. And when we look up, we're going that direction. Or we look down, we're going that direction. You'll move in the wrong direction. When you look down and you don't look, keep looking at God. You miss the things that God wants to do in your life. Here's another question for you. How do you see yourself 10 years from now? Think about that. For 10 years from now, and I know some of you are like, I just want to be alive. <laughs> Don't you go dying on me now. <laughs> I just want to be alive. But really, what do you, how do you see yourself 10 years? Do you see a stronger you? I do. I, I see a healthier me. I want to see a more prosperous me, amen? Visualize that, amen? Well, maybe you see a fatter you, a more depressed you, a barely getting by you. Because whatever you see, whatever you get your eyes on is the direction you're going to go. Amen? I see a big clientele for you, Cassie. What, what are you setting your eyes on? Amen? Don't allow yourself to get stuck in yesterday's failures. We've all had yesterday's failures. And so many times the enemy wants to get us stuck in what we didn't accomplish. Take yesterday's failures and use them as launching pads for tomorrow's success. I, I think I've told this story before, and I'm going to kind of change it up here. But when Tracy and I first got married, we moved to Dallas. And uh, probably about a year, maybe two years after we'd been married, and I joined the power team. And she took an office job within the ministry, and our pay was just very minimum. You know, it wasn't rock star pay by any means. It's very minimal. But like all young couples, man, we had dreams. But we didn't have the finance to back those dreams. But one thing that we would do, which was awesome, is we'd get into her 1995 Honda Accord, and we'd go to the nicest places in Dallas, Highland Park. We'd go to the nice, big million-dollar homes, and we'd just drive around and we look at those beautiful homes. Now, I know some of those people thought we were casing their house. <laughs> because it wasn't a Lamborghini and it wasn't a Ferrari going down there. And there's a lot of those going around that neighborhood. No, not us. We're 1995 Honda Court. But we would talk. As we drive around. As we look at these beautiful homes. And I'm not talking about you got to have a million dollar home and you got to drive a Ferrari. That, don't, don't mishear me. But we talk about our future. 
and the things that we wanted to accomplish. You know what we did? We made a list. Let me encourage you. My mom and dad told me this a long time ago. Make a list of what you want. Make a list of what you want to do. Make a list of your dreams. Husbands, wives, I want to encourage you to make a list. Sit down together and say, okay, let's get a 10-year plan. What do we want to see in 10 years done? Make, have you done that? Make a list. If you're a single, get with God and say, God, here's the thing that I'd like to see take place in my life. Yeah. And then you know what you do? You begin to pray over that list every day. Lord, I believe, I expect to see these things on my list take place in my life. Do you know 32 years later, Tracy and I have been married 33 years now in a row. Consecutively, no breaks. Someone asked one time, do y'all, do y'all, do y'all have date nights? I said, well, my wife won't let me date. She said, no. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, 32 years later, though, many of the things that we put on our list have come to pass. You know why? Because when you make that list out, and you sit down with your mate, and you make that list out, you sit down by yourself with God, and you begin to make that list out, you know what you're doing? You're taking your stakes, and you're picking them up, and you're expanding those stakes. You're, you're expanding your stake. You're expanding your territory. We chose to expand our territory. We were focusing on where we wanted to go instead of where we were. Focus beyond where you are, church. Start seeing yourself where you want to be. When's the last time you've done that? Because I'm going to tell you something. In today's culture, you can get so stuck on where you're at. Can't you? Has that happened to me, besides anybody, to me, besides me, to anybody else lately? You just get stuck on where you're at. Focus where you want to be. You know what we were doing? We were changing our atmosphere. We were finding a place where we could expand our thinking. We were creating a place to elevate our faith. Now, do we have a million-dollar home? Absolutely not. Do we drive a Lamborghini or Ferrari? No, we do not. Not yet, anyway. I'm a sports car fiend. I love sports cars. But you know what? I'm very happy with what we have, where we live, what I drive. I'm content, man. I'm happy. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Who you hang out with, who you share your dreams with, are very, very important. Did you know that we haven't let anybody see our list? Not even our kiddos. Nobody's seen our list. Why? It's our list. When you make that list, that's your list. That's for you and your spouse. If you're single, that's for you and God. Don't share your list. If you associate... With successful people, guess what? You'll start seeing yourself becoming successful. Is this a self-help book? No. This is the truth. If you place yourself in an atmosphere of victory, if you place yourself and get involved and root yourself in a church where they're teaching God's Word and they're teaching how to walk in everyday victory, you're going to see it. You'll begin to visualize victory for yourself. And if you hang around with people of faith, You'll begin to act on faith. 
Did you know that? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you'll raise your expectations and what you're believing for, you will expand your territory. It's impossible not to. Raise your expectations and what you're believing for and watch watch your territory begin to expand. And listen, and respectfully, respectfully expect God to do great things in your life. Amen? Believe God for godly favor. Believe for blessings. Believe for increase. Believe for promotion. It's okay to do that. God's double dog daring us to do stuff like that. You know why? Because he wants to show off his kids. And when you're blessed, people around you see that blessing. People around you that may not, maybe not know Christ see you blessing. See your blessing what you're walking in and say, you know what? How do I get that? How do, how do I get to be like what you're, what you're operating in? How do I get to be a part of that? Well, first of all, you've got to put Christ in the center of your heart. You've got to ask Jesus. And you just, all of a sudden, you just begin to witness. You just start running at the mouth, just God. Things that you never thought of in your life all of a sudden comes out. Why? Because you're hearing that word and you're taking that word in daily. And that word just starts coming out. I'll close with this. Your mind is the factory for change. I've shared this story before, but it's so good right here, I want to share it again. So if you've heard it before, guess what? You get to hear it again. Walt Disney moved to Central Florida. Central Florida was nothing but swampland when he moved there. He built a kingdom there called Disney World. Have you ever, anybody ever been to Disney World? People came from all over the world to see a mouse. A mouse. Years later, he had a dream to build an Epcot Center called Epcot. But he never would see that with his physical eyes because he died before it was finished. At the dedication ceremony, the keynote speaker got up and said, I wish Walt could be here to see this. After that, his son got up to close the ceremony and said, he did see it. That's why it's here. Use your imagination, church. Believe with expectancy. One idea can change your life. D and Dad saw that trailer with food coming out of it. And I'll tell you what, it's blessed. If not blessed, it's paid for. See yourself. One idea can change your life. How much time do you spend believing for new things rather than old things? Woo! Listen, I want to challenge you this week, rest this month, heck, the rest of this year, begin to pray Jabez's prayer. See what happens in your life. Believe for God to enlarge your territories. Amen? Did you get something out of this?